In today's episode of the STEM Space, I sit down with Jonathan, a high school physics teacher in San Antonio, Texas. We discuss his journey from studying engineering to entering the classroom and his experience teaching math, engineering, and science. We discuss how to better prepare students for the rigor of high school and beyond, plus some of his favorite STEM projects. Jonathan is also a Department of Defense STEM ambassador, and he shares some incredible resources for teachers, students, and parents, including curriculum, internships, scholarships, and more. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Welcome, Jonathan, to the STEM Space. We are excited to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, all right. Um, my name's uh, Jonathan Stanchek. Um, I am currently a physics teacher at Roosevelt High School with the Design and Technology Academy, which is a magnet program on the high school. Um, this is my 11th year teaching. I've taught a number of different classes from math, engineering, and now I've transitioned to, to physics. I've enjoyed the, the excursion and, and learning more about teaching and, and my background was not initially in teaching so I, I've, I've enjoyed the challenges and, and the things along the way which is why I've stuck it out. Um, I know there's a lot of turnover and there's a lot of people leaving the industry right now but I'm still here I'm enjoying it I, I love working with the kids every day and just want to keep going. I love it well the purpose of this podcast is to really share resources with teachers uh, we have kindergarten all the way to 12th grade teachers, you know, STEM, math, science, all the different subjects. So I was excited to connect with you and you're actually joining us from your classroom, I believe, right? Yes, ma'am. And so how did today go? Was it like a particularly crazy day? Uh, not too crazy. For most of my classes, we were uh, doing a review. Um, so I, I it was a kind of a fun game. I like to, you know, really any any time that I can enjoy introduce a competition into the classroom. I, I kind of love to do that. So review games are, you know, competitive. So not, not too bad. Um, you know, tonight will be a little bit more trying to go home and make sure my test is hundred percent ready to go and, you know, then get all What's the, the topic on this exam. Um, it will be a combination of a few things. We're going to be talking about uh, or testing over vectors mm -hmm. and Newton's laws with some projectile motion. So and when you do reviews, is there like a game? Do you use an app? How do you do that? Um, so it, it just depends. If I have a smart board, I'll use that kind of. Uh, the game we play normally is called Grudge Ball, although, although I've actually done a couple of different types of review games. Um, but Grudge Ball seems to be a real big class favorite. So we, we play that one a lot. And hmm. that just kind of uses a smart board most of the time, or you can use a whiteboard. It just kind of pins, and then you need like some type of a goal. Hmm. Very cool. Okay, so you mentioned you did not initially plan on going into education. So your background is actually in engineering, right? Yes, ma'am. Um, my undergraduate or undergraduate degree is in mechanical engineering from Kansas State University, and I have a minor in nuclear engineering as well. So, what was your goal? So, you're going in and mechanical. What were you wanting to do? You know, I, ever since I was little, I liked solving problems and, you know, math and, and science growing up, I really, really enjoyed. And engineering was kind of the beautiful mesh of both of those things together. And then, like I said, it was solving problems and, and trying to do a lot of those things. So I just really gravitated towards that field. And 
and um, you know, I kind of graduated a little bit at the wrong time. Uh, you know, 2008 was a little little rough uh, for a lot of engineers. You know, I eventually was working with Boeing as kind of a third party contractor, but I was doing work in environmental stuff, and I just wasn't really happy with it. So I always knew I could come back to teaching or whatnot. And I just made the transition a little bit sooner than I definitely thought I would. So um, like I said, I've, I've enjoyed it though, ever since making the switch. How did you get into teaching? Is there like an alternative certification you had to get? Yes, that is what I went through. I went through an alternative certification program. Um, and that depending on what program you go through, there's definitely, you know, different time constraints and stuff like that. I was still working full time while doing those classes and stuff in the evening. And then um, my year of student teaching was kind of on the job training. So I was actually hired and was just hired under like a probationary uh, teaching certificate and got in the classroom that way and made it through and everything worked out well. And there's actually a lot of listeners who are engineers looking to transition into education. So do you have any like particular advice for someone who's like, I want to be an engineer and I identify as an engineer and all of a sudden are like, no, I want to go into teaching. I mean, the main thing is, is really bringing some of those real world experiences that you've had into the classroom. Um, I know I, telling some of the stories about the things I learned um, while in school and just some of the things I saw, it was the kids really gravitated towards that, especially initially I kind of started in math and taught some engineering classes, but the, you know, it really gives the kids like, this is really where you use this. And it kind of makes it a little bit more real and they get a little bit more interested. And, you know, it, there's a select few that are engineers, right? I mean, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to, to get through that degree plan. And so that kind of brings a little bit more weight sometimes too in the classroom, just because the kids are like, whoa, like, you know, this is, something a little bit different and it is, you know, they hear it's difficult. So it kind of helps a little bit that way too, but. What's your overall view on STEM education? Cause it's everybody like has their own definition and you have this engineering background, you've taught some math, physics, like how do you see STEM? To be honest, I think it's just part of it is just being true to the, the subject matter that you're teaching. So, and all these subjects really do kind of serve a purpose. Um, I mean, I, I taught Algebra 1. When I was first starting, I taught Algebra 1. And Algebra 1 is such an important class through, through all of it. Um, I mean, you're using Algebra in physics. You're using Algebra in chemistry. I can't tell you how many times, you know, in, in doing Calc 3 work that it wasn't a calculus misconception we had. It was an algebra mistake we made along the way in trying to solve some of these, you know, multi-derivation problems. Um, and then, you know, being able to kind of understand that is really, really important. So I actually really enjoyed teaching Algebra 1 and just being like, guys, this is, you know, this is probably one of the most important classes you're going to have. And what sets that up is all, you know, some of the pre-work that is done at middle school and elementary school levels just by giving the kids those skills. Um, so it, I mean, each little bit is, is really, really important along the way. And I think sometimes we, I wish we could do a little bit better job of overlapping some of our, some of the things we're teaching. Um, so for instance, you know, in physics, we talk about using trig to break down vectors 
and things of that nature. And geometry is also introducing trig when they do right triangles. But it seems like those those things never meet up at the right time. Mm -hmm. And and if we could figure out a way to do that a little bit better, uh, I think it would really improve everybody's uh, part in, in what we're doing. So I guess that's kind of the way I would describe STEM education. And there's been a recent focus on engineering and engineering design. How do you see that fitting? Like you're teaching physics. How does that fit? How does engineering fit in K-12? Well, um, to be honest, uh, like I said, I, I even in math, we could take a problem. And even though the kids wouldn't necessarily go all, go through all the, the engineering behind it, you could still easily show them, hey, this is a real world system of equations problem. Um, in physics, you know, we talk about the collisions, we talk about um, structures and things in equilibrium. And then, then I start talking to them about, hey, you know, you can spend an entire semester for engineering focusing on just this one topic. And yeah, we're going to make it easy now. But like I said, there's a lot more that goes into it than what we're really able to get in here. And physics is just kind of the ground level for that. Like I, like I mentioned too, I, I, I actually taught some engineering classes. Um, we, I taught a statics, a dynamics, and a circuits class that the highest level of algebra they went through was algebra two. And that really does a pretty, pretty solid job of getting through a lot of the information. So I had kids when they were taking that course would go off to college and it would really help support them. And they I had a bunch of them come back and say their, their classmates hated them just because they'd gotten so much of it in just via the algebra two at an earlier level where it's a little bit safer. And so a lot of it was review and there wasn't nearly a full scope of things that they had to learn and their classmates were struggling because it was all new to them. Yeah. So there's definitely ways that we could, and we've seen it where we can, if we can pull some of that stuff down, even if it's a little bit introductory, can make huge benefits long-term. And from my perspective, the emphasis of engineering design has been this like iterative design process where it's like build a structure, like a catapult, right? But they don't really use the math skills. They're just mm -hmm. kind of like tinkering and playing around with materials. So there's not like this incorporation of like the statics and dynamics you mentioned, modeling, um, even understanding the science concepts. Would you agree with that? You're right. It, it turns into almost more trial and error. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I know your background is engineering as well. And I'm sure in your introductory engineering class, you know, your professors had the comment of like, look, engineers don't have the luxury to try, try and, you know, keep tinkering until it works out perfect. No, we have to know what's going to happen before it happens or else there's serious liabilities. I mean, we don't get to, you know, design a plane and hope it works and, you know, <laughs> try it three or four times. And like I said, the pilot ejecting or because we made a, a mistake and right. we kind of have to know what, what's going on before it does. And like you said, knowing the concepts behind that is important to do that. Yeah, actually there was this disconnect from a lot of students. Now, you know, I'm at the higher education level and I'm seeing these incoming freshman engineering students and they've had this like STEM education background of tinkering and they're like building towers and rockets and stuff. And then they're like, wait, where is that in my engineering classes? And I'm like, it's physics, it's calculus. Like you're using the math and science and they are like used to like the building of the stuff. And I mm -hmm. feel sometimes there's like that disconnect. And so the question here, cause we have a lot of middle school teachers, how can they prepare their students 
for your class, right? And then your class is right preparing for those future engineers if they choose that career path. To be honest, I the biggest problems that I'm seeing right now is I'm just not sure the kids at the lower levels are getting enough practice at certain things. Um, like I said, algebra one is a is really dear to my heart, and it kills me when I have kids that really struggle just you know solving a simple equation. And I know they were taught it, but it hasn't sunk in enough to where they remember it. So it actually kind of starts to take away from my class because we have to spend so much time reviewing things that technically the prereq was that you knew algebra and you're coming in and we're having to reteach algebra. So we do kind of lose a little bit of that as well. And so I would say just, I mean, again, I understand homework is not everyone's forte and you know there's all these different things but figuring out a way to get more practice even if I think if even if I think if we cut down the amount of material you got through in order to focus on like well let's make sure you really got these skills because these are the ones we really are going to especially since sometimes there's a little bit of overlap in math classes mm -hmm. um, so that's at least my thought or so is it math? Is that like they're, they don't have the foundation in math or do you also see that with the science concepts? Some, a little bit with the science. Um, but again, we do a lot of algebraic computation and, and physics and that I think they get so bogged down sometimes in just figuring out what happened from step to step as we're solving through, solving through a problem that then they can't focus more on the science stuff and those concepts and those ideas of, hey, where'd that number go? Or, hey, where'd that thing in the equation go? That we kind of lose some of the things as we're explaining. But as far as some of the science side goes, I would say, um, you know, just, I think sometimes the, the, the thing that hurts them there is they don't, they haven't had to think outside the box or creatively enough as, as well. Um, you know, everything seems to be not quite, everything, not necessarily handed to them, but they've, there hasn't been a lot of unstructured time or things for them to, to do. And because of that, I think they have lost some of their problem solving abilities um, that you just, that you innately learn as you have to deal with problems, whether it's with people or friends or, you know, with school, I mean, all those different things that because someone's kind of always helping out, they, they lose a little bit of that as well. Yeah, it's like the math is just regurgitating the steps and they don't have the actual chance to apply it. And that's where I could see STEM coming in with like this really great project that you can bring in the math and apply it to a design challenge in this more um, authentic context because they often like silo it in their brains and they're like, that's math. And then they forget it. Right. After yeah. And, and, and that that's also another problem is you can't memory dump. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, that seems to be a very common thing. And you know, I tell the kids like, you know, we're 12 weeks into the school year and we're using stuff that we were talking about, you know, in the first couple weeks of school. It doesn't go away and math especially, it just continues to build and build and build. So what are some activities or projects you do in your classroom to teach those physics concepts? Um, well, okay, so our most, one of our most recent labs was, um, everyone has, you know, I'm sure a launcher, a lot of physics teachers, they have some type of a launcher. Um, so I, I put targets up at different, at different heights or from different angles and I make the kids shoot at bullseyes and, you know, I kind of do things like highest score. Guess what? You don't have to do a lab write up. Nice. Um, so there's things like that. Um, when we talk about energy transfer, I'll 
kind of the same thing where I'll put a target out there and like, okay, well, you know, if you pull your kind of suspend golf balls from the ceiling, so they kind of have a little bit of fun with that, pull it back and tell me where this cup needs to go. And if you make it, you don't have to do a lab write-up, you know, just all those different little types of things where that kind of gets them a little bit more invested because they don't, if they take the time to do the work up front, then they don't have to do the work at the end, which is, which is always a plus. Again, things I've done, done before with the engineering classes in particular, we, I made them design a truss bridge and they calculated the forces that would be acting in each member of the truss bridge. And I had them do that. And then if there was time, we'd redesign another one and see how, if their changes to that were better. Um, in circuits classes, we've designed little circuits. Um, one thing I tried to do was do a nine volt uh, cell phone charger, volt battery cell phone charger. Um, unfortunately, some of those things got a little bit too proprietary and um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, everyone had something different. So it wasn't a one size fits all kind of when it came to some of the wiring. So it became a little bit more um, you know, just, just any way that you can kind of pull some of those fun things in, I, I think is great. Um, I know some of the other labs I've seen along the way, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of them out there. You just look for them and see what, see what fits your style and see what you want to do. And so you're also a DOD STEM ambassador, speaking of resources. So can you tell us a little bit about that program, what it's about? So, yes. Um, it, I, and I'm actually still learning quite a bit about it myself. Um, so the DOD STEM ambassador program is a collective of the Department of Defense, um, a bunch of branches from the military, um, and just other organizations out there trying to help and promote uh, STEM education. Um, so, I, I mean, there's tons of parent organizations. Uh, my parent organization is the National Math and Science um, National Math and Science Initiative. That's one of the partner organizations. Like I said, there's several of them. I think there's like 30 some odd now that I think with one of the meetings we were in kind of discussing. And it's just different resources for different um, different things, different levels of education, different types of education, but kind of spanning the, the STEM world. And so what do you do? You've been selected as an ambassador. What does that mean for you? Um, so what that means for me is a, a couple of different things. I get to work with a bunch of or a bunch of um, educators from different levels um, uh, and all across the country. And in fact, I think this time we're a little bit worldwide. I think one of our uh, ambassadors this year is actually in Germany. Um, and we part of our job is to just to promote the um, all these resources that are available whether it's funding, whether it's lesson planning, whether it's uh, professional development, um, we're trying to get the, the, the message out there. It's not, it's not necessarily just for teachers, but there's also a lot of things out there for students. And again, it runs pre-K three all the way up through uh, college programs for some of them. Um, and we'll, so part of it is, like I said, getting, getting the word out. Uh, we will have a project that we will be focusing on. I haven't quite narrowed down my project yet but just little little things that we can do to contribute and again, kind of help in which way we can. And so if you're a teacher listening, they can go on the site and I saw there's like different lesson plans that they could look at, resources that they could also share with their students. Um, I think there were internships. Is that for both teachers and students on the internships? I don't 100% know about the teachers on the okay. internships, but I do know for sure that the students are, there's a lot of student internships and the, the biggest surprise to me 
because initially when I've been looking for internships for students, they seem to mainly go for college kids, but there are a lot of high school level internships available 9 through 12. And again, oh, this wow. is a nationwide program. So they're all over. I know in San Antonio, there's like, I think two or three places that, uh, because we have a couple of military bases for sure, that um, have some type of program available for students. Um, you know, like I said, in some cases it's funding. I think one of my uh, colleagues in, in, in this program um, kind of got met up through the DOD ambassador program through her parent or sister organization or, and they actually provided her funding for some of the things that she was trying to do for her science classroom. And it's oh, wow. trying to get, you know, girls involved because um, I think she was a middle school teacher uh, or is a middle school teacher. So it, it's just lots of things out there, scholarship opportunities. I mean, it, it's really, like I said, I, we've been doing this for a little bit and we're just kind of scratching the surface on some of the things that are out there, which is why one of the big pushes is, hey, help us get information out there. Well, we're definitely going to link um, that resource in the show notes. And we can also give links for like teacher specific and student specific. And that could also be parents because we have a lot of parents that listen if they want to encourage their students to go into STEM pathways. Um, I will do a shout out to the SMART scholarship. It's through the Department of Defense. So when I was a sophomore in engineering, so I studied aerospace engineering at Texas A&M, um, I applied for the SMART fellowship and they actually funded the last three years of my school gave me a $30,000 check as an undergrad. And then I had an internship every summer with a different Department of Defense uh, lab. And then I had a job waiting for me when I graduated. So talk about like getting people into STEM. It was very effective and like an amazing opportunity as an undergrad. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, the internships are, are really important nowadays, especially when we think about jobs and you know, having to apply online in a lot of places, I mean, you're, they could see thousands of applications. So if they know you, it's a little bit easier to kind of, I mean, let's just be honest, it's a little bit easier for them to find you and make sure that you're one of the names that they pull because, you know, they're not going to interview thousands of people. Sure. Um, but I mean, I, one, I think the last person we also talked to, um, she was a contractor for the Air Force and she was actually telling us that they, they set aside for one of the one of the programs. There was like five thousand scholarships that they they were offering, and that they don't even get five thousand applicants. Wow! So mm. I mean, it's it's out there. Um, yeah, and if there's any reason to go into a STEM career, is for money. <laughs> like if mm -hmm. that isn't a goal of your students, and let's be honest, there's a lot of kids that are like, give me the job that pays me the most, and if that's a motivator for your students. This is a great like resource for them. Um, and then there's a lot of kids that can't even afford to go to college if they're like first generation students. This is the place to start to look for scholarship funds. Mm -hmm. and, and I do also want to say, even though it's partnered with the Department of Defense, it's not necessarily demanding that you then serve in a branch or government entity. Um, that was something they want to make very clear. I mean, again, it's it is one way to go about doing those things as well. Um, and, you know, because of our government doing certain projects, we've, you know, we've come up with some incredible things that have been open to everybody uh, through some of the projects through NASA and different things like that. But, you know, we, a lot of these 
departments of defense, military, whatever, they also have a lot of civilian contractors. And it's just really about trying to get the best and brightest minds to, to help us solve problems. Um, so again, I, I did want to put that out there that it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to join the military for those, right. uh, but you know, it, they're just looking to help improve and, and tackle things as best we can. And, and I think that's an important misconception to point out. So when I worked for the Department of Defense, I was on the civilian side. So I did not serve in the Navy. I was working in an office as an engineer supporting the mission of the Navy. Um, but like you say, that doesn't even have to be what they do. They could just look for the scholarships or as a teacher, look for the resources that they could implement in their classrooms. And those are the two things that we get asked about the most. How can I find better curriculum? And how can I get money for my classroom? And then like for my students who want to go into STEM. So this seems to be like a really valuable resource for any educators, parents, even students out there that are listening. So to close here, are there any uh, final thoughts that you want to share with all those K-12 educators out there? Uh, right now, just, you know, keep fighting the good fight. Um, I know we're, we're kind of you know, we're, we're hurting a little bit. I know our campus is short. I know there's a lot of campuses that are short on teachers and, and stuff like that. And hopefully we'll just see a little bit of a change, a positive change um, with things. And, and again, if for those of you out there, hopefully, you know, these resources will also help with that. So, you know, good luck. Hopefully everyone continues to have a, a, a solid year and keep going on to the next. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for joining us here on the STEM space. And for now, STEM space out.